Pardon? Why don't somebody just shout as loud as you can for the glory of God? Hallelujah! Oh, yes. Praise God. Oh, we ought to praise Him a lot. We ought to worship Him a lot. He's worthy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, it feels good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Feels good to be in PSR 1996. Haven't we heard some fantastic, phenomenal preaching? Hasn't God talked to our hearts? We ought to thank Him for that again. Our God has been good. Praise God. I feel very honored to be in this position tonight. And not a little bit. I don't take it lightly at all. I'm going to tell you the truth. I am honored to be here. I appreciate these great men that are providing this forum for apostolic ministry. And it looks to me like the favor of God is upon it. And it is growing uh, year by year. Thanks be unto our God. I don't know where my father's at, but if he's here in the building, would he just wave his hand real quick? Right there he is, right there. I want everybody to know that is my father. That is not my brother. I don't care what he says. We were in Alaska a couple of years ago, and somebody came to me and thanked me for bringing my younger brother with me to Alaska. That is my father. Amen. Praise God. I feel very privileged also to have a very good representation of the church that I pastor in Glendale, Arizona, which is in the Phoenix, Arizona area. There's 108, by count, people from the church that I pastor that made the trip to be in PSR. I thank God for that. I really do thank God for that. If you have your Bibles tonight, I direct you to the book of Acts, to the 16th chapter. Thank you, Brother Morton. Thank you for being my pastor. Thank you for the introduction. I feel so humbled, very unworthy to stand here in this place. I'm looking forward to hearing Brother Keyes preach. He is among my most favorite people in all of the world, and I'm looking forward to it. Acts chapter number 16 and verse number 25, a very familiar portion of Scripture, but I do not want to use all of the Scripture tonight. For just a few moments, I want to preach as hard and as furious as I know how. Somebody said, put us on our face tonight, Brother Garrett. I said, I don't really feel that way. They said, well, put us on our feet then. I said, okay, we'll try that. Acts 16 and 25, the first portion of the verse of Scripture says simply this, And at midnight, shake somebody's hand and say, it's midnight. And you may be seated. That is my text tonight, and at midnight. To us, midnight is the dividing of days. It is the end of the 24th hour. To us, it is the last hour of the day when we are entering into a new day, when everything will face us again, and everything will be new, fresh, and we'll face a new day with new vitality. 
to the Hebrews, according to the Old Testament, it was the beginning of the second watch of the night. We speak of the midnight, we're talking about the dead of night, talking about the time when the evening star has about completed its journey across the distant horizons and is about to leave uh, our hemisphere, as it were, and um, make its bed somewhere else. It's a time of stillness, time of slumber. Amen. But I would submit to us tonight that midnight also is an abstract. It is a time that we talk about when it is the darkest, when things at times become the hardest, the roughest. I want to use it tonight, if possible, as an allegory. Amen. More than just a physical time, more than just a uh, uh, moment on our 24-hour clock, I want to talk to us about the midnight. Amen. In the book of Matthew, in the 24th chapter, Jesus has been shown the temple by His disciples. Scripture tells us that when they have seen it and have been drawn aside by Him, that He makes a pronouncement that not one stone of all these very beautiful uh, build this building will be left upon another, but it will be destroyed and torn down. This, of course, piques the interest of these disciples. And they began to ask the question, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? I would submit to this congregation tonight that we as people, and especially as apostolic people, and particularly as revival interested people, we are interested in this concept, this abstract called uh, time. I read in the book of Second Kings, in the second chapter, when Elijah is traveling down the dusty road of the will of God. Trailing with him is a young man by the name of Elisha. It is made known by the Spirit of God that the man of God, Elijah, is going to be taken up from the earth. And so Elijah says to Elisha, uh, Terry here, and uh, I'm going to go further. And the Bible says that the young man answers, As thy soul liveth, I will not tarry. And he says it not once, but twice. And finally, when they have come to the crossing of the Jordan River, he asks the question, What is it that you want from me? And the young man with zeal and desire and determination in his heart says, I desire a double portion. And so the man of God says, If you see me when I am taken away, it shall be so. And if not, it shall not be so. And so a man began to watch with diligence and with desire for the catching away of this great man of God. I suggest to us tonight that the same promises of the soon return, the catching away of the bride of Christ are heavy upon our heart and in our mind tonight. We are aware, we are diligently watching the time. We understand that the evening shades of have already passed us and the shadows of a setting sun have grown long and we are hastening to a midnight 
we believe with all of our heart that we are living in the generation that shall see the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are interested in time. In Romans 13 and verse 11, the Apostle Paul writes, And that knowing the time. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, he speaks so much the more as you see that day approaching. In the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 5, the Apostle Paul giving a warning to the church said, The Lord is at hand. I believe that we are much aware of the hour that we are living in right now. Praise God. I don't think that we are bereft of understanding that the Lord is going to return. I believe it is significant in the Word of God that this generation understand where we are, what's happening around us, and where we fit into the plan of God at this particular hour. It is my desire tonight as a preacher to leave a part of myself in this pulpit. It is my desire tonight to show you, if I can, from my heart, what I feel like God has been working on the spirit of this preacher. I am more convinced than ever before that it is time for an apostolic church to rise with power and authority and anointing and have an apostolic revival. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I also propose tonight that we are living in the midnight hour. The Bible tells us throughout the Word of God, in the book of Ruth, chapter 3, and verse number 8, that uh, Ruth goes to Boaz at the midnight hour. Scripture tells us in the book of uh, Exodus, chapter 12, uh, that at midnight the death angel passed uh, throughout the land of the Egyptians. Uh, it was at midnight uh, that Gideon and 300 lonely men uh, broke pitchers and allowed the torches and the lights uh, to shine in the midnight hour and blew their trumpets. Judges chapter 7 uh, and verse number 19. Uh, babies were switched in the home of two harlots. Uh, the living was replaced by the dead uh, at midnight uh, in First Kings chapter 3 and verse 20. A cry was made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Five wise and five foolish rose and trimmed their lamps. Five with oil, five with not. And it was at midnight. I submit to this congregation tonight that at midnight there is a great work that must be accomplished by the apostolic church. I tell you tonight, I'm glad to be a part of the last generation before Jesus comes. I'm not sorry about living in this time. I don't feel oppressed about being alive in 1996. I'm not disappointed that the rapture has not taken Taken place as of yet. There's a job to be done, a church to be born, a victory to be had. I'm glad to be alive at midnight. At midnight, there are troubled times. Seems like our babies get sicker at midnight than at any other time. I was at a funeral just this past week. 
A very sad situation involving one of the families where the children have come on our buses, our bus outreach, for a number of years. One of the relatives in the house, a young man, 24 years of age, died of heart failure because of the abuse that he had placed upon his body by his drug addiction and alcohol addiction. I thought it was so very sad to go to the funeral service and to be there uh, earlier than the most uh, and to watch them as they arrived one at a time, two and three cars at a time, and as they stood out on the front steps of that funeral home uh, to pass by in a few moments uh, the body of their fallen friend uh, who had abused himself into an early grave uh, and the only way that they had enough courage uh, to enter into the funeral home uh, was to pass the liquor bottles between them uh, and fortify their courage uh, with some inebriation if you please uh, to make it through uh, that funeral that was going to take place uh, I submit to you that these are troubled times uh, at midnight uh, things seem to change uh, in the darkness of an approaching uh, midnight uh, shapes that in the brilliance of a noonday sun uh, that seems so harmless uh, amen as the dark begins to envelop them uh, they took on a different look uh, and a different uh, perspective uh, I did a little looking the other day and I found some very startling things uh, amen uh, I believe in the midnight folks even begin to act uh, a little different than they should uh, I found out uh, that 59.7 uh, of all the rapes that happened in the United States of America in 1992 uh, took place in the hours shortly before or shortly after the midnight. 58.9% uh, of all the robberies uh, that took place in the United States of America in 1992 uh, took place uh, at or around uh, midnight. 57.4% uh, uh, of all aggravated assaults uh, happen after the sun uh, has set. 70.8% uh, uh, of all murders uh, take place in the hours just before midnight uh, or just after midnight. It is a troubled time, a troubled world that we're living in. I do believe that iniquity shall abound. I do believe that the love of many shall wax cold. But I also believe that there is a God in heaven who loves his church, who loves his bride, who's interested in this work, who's got something going for the people of God. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, I feel good around here tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. At midnight, carnality seems uh, to increase. Uh, I'm going to make uh, an application of my mic to the apostolic church. Uh, you've expected me to do it, so here it goes. Hallelujah. At midnight, we're living in an hour. Uh, amen. Uh, when it seems like the long tentacles uh, of sin and selfishness and carnality uh, are trying to envelop uh, the apostolic church uh, and hinder the revival. Uh, amen. When a pseudo-religion, if you please, uh, is trying to replace the fervency uh, of a sincere heart 
heart. Amen. In the fire of an apostolic revival. I've even looked here at the PSR, at the church I pastor, places that I've been blessed to go. I'm going to tell you that we're living in the midnight hour. Where did all these long, slitted dresses come from? Where did all these skirts with the immodesty come from? Where did all these tight-fitted clothing come from? I'm going to tell you it ought not to be in the apostolic church. Where did all this jewelry come from? Where did all these baubles hanging in the hair on the person, on the clothing come from? Since when did our young men desire to look more like a world that's in trouble than an apostolic church that's on their way up? It's midnight. It's midnight. It's midnight. Come on. It's midnight. It's midnight. It's midnight. Thank you, brethren, for the powerful preaching that we've heard thus far. If we could just expose, amen, our hearts uh, to the brilliance of God's glory, uh, to the brilliance of God's anointing, uh, to the brilliance of God's sweet favor. Uh, I believe uh, that a lot of the things that we wrestle against, uh, amen, would disappear in a moment, uh, would no longer be important uh, to our young people. To mommies uh, trying to doll up their little babies. Amen. Uh, my God, help us. Uh, turn the heat up. Uh, turn the heat up. Uh, turn the light up. Uh, come on, somebody preach. Uh, somebody tell us how it is. Uh, we're living in midnight. Uh, brethren, I don't want to hear philosophy. I don't want to just hear theology. I want to hear preaching. Uh, I want to hear preaching. Uh, don't make me feel good. Make me pray. Make me seek God. Make me live right. Make me want to go to heaven. It's midnight. Somebody's got to preach. Somebody's got to tell it. Thank God for this meeting. Where all this makeup come from in the apostolic church? Oh, at the apostolic church. We're not talking about some charismatic convention down the road. I'm preaching at PSR. Where'd all this makeup come from? Where'd all this dyed hair come from? Hey man, where'd all these sissy boys come from? Where'd this attitude of carnality come from? Where'd all this compromise come from? Are we apostolic? Is this PSR? Do we still believe in strength? It's midnight. It's midnight. Somebody preach. shout about some holiness preaching in the stillness of the darkness with the velvet darkness clothing his movements and anointed God anointed King 
slips off his regal robes, places on himself garments of disguise, taking the crown from off of his head and putting instead, amen, an indescript beggar's hat, perhaps. And he goes slipping round to seek for the advice and the help of a witch at indoor. What business does a God anointed king have with a witch at indoor? What business did Saul have with one who could not hear from God, did not know God, did not serve God, was despised by God, if you please. In the midnight hour, God anointed men. Some of them are slipping round to some pseudo prophet, some pseudo seer, some pseudo guru, if you please, trying to find out how to get the job done. Honey, if you want to get the job done, go to the one that can do the job. Go talk to the Lord. I don't need to go down to the charismatics, to the Trinitarians, to the ungodly idolaters. It's getting too wet to plow, but we'll just plow on. I don't need to go down there to find out how to get a hold of God. Give me a prophet. Give me a man of God. Give me a prayer meeting. Give me a convention where men talk to God. Oh, clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. say, Brother Garrett, what's going on? I'll tell you, it's just midnight. It's midnight. It's midnight. I'm not fighting with anybody. I'm not fussing with anybody. I'm not upset at anybody. As a matter of fact, I've never felt better and sweeter in all of my life than I feel tonight. But I'm just going to tell you, it's midnight. You might as well buckle your shoelaces and tighten up your belt. It's midnight. It's midnight. It's midnight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Douglas MacArthur. I've been reading recently his autobiography called Reminiscence. Brother Ken Bolt gave me a first edition copy that he found in a bookstore while in our city. And I was reading it the other night. I've been contemplating for months, obviously, this service tonight. And as I was reading, I ran across this quote. Douglas MacArthur was the first in his class at West Point Military Academy. He had the highest score in 25 years. 25 classes, including his. He had the highest grade point average, the highest score of any scholar that ever was there. But he said these words when he was telling uh, about his score. He said, I studied no longer nor harder than others and can only account for such a result by my having perhaps a somewhat clearer perspective uh, of events, a better realization that first 
things come first. He said, I've got a clearer, a better uh, realization that first things come first. I'm going to tell you tonight that I am not a doomsday prophet. I am not looking for trouble to envelop the church. Contrary to what you may think right now. I'll get to the other point in a moment. Amen. I am not looking for it to go down. I am not searching for the church to fail. I do not believe that she will be weak, insipid, and carnal at the time of the catching away of the bride of Christ. But contrary to that, I am more encouraged. I am more uh, happy. I am more excited about the apostolic church than I have ever been in all of my ministry. All I can tell you is a few months ago, where's Brother Wilson? A few months ago, listening to Brother Wilson preach, I had the most unique experience I've ever had in my life. I felt like my mind opened up. I felt like my heart opened up. I felt like I saw vistas, amen, and visions that I'd never seen before in all of my life. I'm not preaching a negative message tonight. I am preaching positively that I am glad to be a part of this church in the midnight hour. And the reason that I am so excited is because I believe that at meetings just like this that we're getting our perspective in the right position and first things are going to be first. Amen. I feel like I see it clearer than I ever have before. I feel like I understand it better than I ever have before. And I don't come to you with great swelling uh, revelations. I only come to you with Ron Garrett uh, and his feeling in his soul that God has placed there. Uh, but at the midnight hour, uh, when it looks dark and bleak to some, uh, to us who are the apostolic church, uh, it is the hour of our greatest uh, amen move. It is the greatest uh, in gathering. It is the greatest revival that we have ever in our lives had the opportunity to be a part of right now. Right now. Right now. I'm not going to preach anymore that revival is coming. Revival is here. I'm not going to preach anymore that we're going to pray until it gets here. I'm going to submit to you with boldness. I'm going to submit to you with courage. I'm going to submit to you with fervency. Amen. The revival is right now. While we sit in this building, there is great revival. In the midnight hour, there is deliverance. The death angel that brought death to the heathen brought deliverance to those that made themselves ready, that were hungry, that had their traveling shoes laced up, that had their clothes packed, that were ready to go. There was deliverance at 
midnight. Midnight. Turn your neighbor and say, that's, that's not bad. At midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises and worshiped God. And the prison doors were opened by the mighty hand of the Almighty God. I don't know how you feel about it. I'll just give you a little Garrett philosophy. Every time we go to church in Glendale Faith Temple, amen, I'm going to tell you something. We're going there to have a good time. We're going there to have a move of God. We're going there to be friendly. We're going there to pray somebody through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And bless your heart, it's working. It's working. It's working. This is the greatest hour the church has ever known. Let's have it. Let's do it. Let's be a part of it. I thought I was right. So I took the time Tuesday to go by uh, Maryvale Samaritan Hospital. Just a few uh, blocks, matter of fact, just a couple miles from the church that I pastor. And I went there, and I pushed the elevator button to the fourth floor. And I got off on a ward that I feel acutely uncomfortable being on. It's true. Maternity ward. And I walked up to the desk, and they looked me over real good, and knew I didn't belong there. And I didn't have a bride with me either. And so I said, this is an odd request. But do you have any idea? Could you tell me the percentage of births that happen on or about midnight or shortly thereafter? Because I've always heard that babies come when they want to, but they usually want to at the most inconvenient time. It happened at our house. I'll tell you that right now. Three times it happened. Amen. A crusty old nurse sitting behind the desk looked at me like a junior and said, Well, said with these days of, of you know, medications, all that, and, and uh, making it happen sooner than it should, uh, we don't really have it. But true, uh, it used to be uh, that the hours uh, from midnight until about 3 a.m. Uh, were the hours when most babies uh, were born uh, in this hospital. Uh, I submit to the apple church uh, that at midnight uh, it's time to have babies it may be inconvenient because it's so dark it may make us get up from our lap of luxury from our bed of ease but it's time to have babies now, 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 now. Not tomorrow. Now, 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 now.
Now! Hallelujah. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Wednesday night Bible study. Right now. In our last few months of youth service, we've been running our Sunday school bus and picking up the teenagers that are older. They ride our buses and they're getting the Holy Ghost every Friday night. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Isaiah 60, verse 1 said, Arise, shine, for thy light has come. My Lord, I've got to hurry. I've got to hurry. No, don't tell me to preach. My pastor told me to hurry. Shut up. No, I mean, I mean, sorry. Be quiet. Hallelujah. Amen. I told him, Elder. I told him. I'm hurrying. Arise, shine, for thy light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. It's a reflected glory, by the way. For the darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness, the people, but the Lord shall rise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee and the Gentiles shall come to the brightness of thy rising at midnight there shall be light in the evening time You brethren gave me too much time to prepare. Hallelujah. I close with this. Something has happened in the spirit of this preacher. Brother Clark preached last night. Leave Saul upon the throne. I thought about it. When he read his text, I thought, here we go. This is it. This is what I've been waiting to hear. Leave Saul upon his throne. I remember several years ago, Brother Dan Walden preached. I don't remember the title, but I remember him standing at one of the first PSR meetings at uh, the Truth Tabernacle Church saying, Next! I remember that. I remember Brother Westberg standing on this platform, in this building, preaching, Let the dogs bark and let the trucks roll. But I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I was worried about the barking dogs. I was spending all my time being frustrated by what they were doing or not doing. And so I was constantly measuring myself by what I thought their deficiencies were. But I'm telling you, I got a revelation tonight. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Like ships that are passing in the night. If you want the world of carnality, bye-bye. 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 
If you want VCR movies and Hollywood productions, bye-bye. So long. I don't have time. I'm not interested in fussing no more. I'm not interested in fighting no more. Just give me babies. Just give me babies. Just give me babies. It's midnight. Give me babies. I'm not interested in running for election. I'm not interested in positions. Just give me babies. Just give me babies. Because it's midnight. Clap your hands. Shout out to the Lord. Cry out to Him. It's midnight. It's midnight. It's midnight. It's midnight. Let's lift our voice and let's praise Him. It's time to praise Him. It's midnight. Let the church sound off. It's time.